Paleontologist and bingo enthusiast Helen Keller once said, the world is made up of so many vibes. Welcome to Disorganized, a Criminal Minds podcast. I'm your host. No, not host. <laughs> I'm, I'm your head janitor, Z. I'm your assistant head janitor, Laura. And I'm the intern janitor, Eris. Do I get paid? When do I get paid? Don't worry about uh, it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> okay. So, uh, exposure. <laughs> exposure. Oh, wait. Hold on. We'll tell people you cleaned so many toilets. Yes. <laughs> My rem is due next week. We'll tell them you clean toilets. Clean vibes. Clean <laughs> vibes. It's what Helen Keller would want. This is true. I heard. I just heard somebody say that. Yeah. I heard she really liked bingo. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> this is a weird voiceover that we all just heard. PA announcement. <laughs> it's Garcia. <laughs> That's how we know there's a shift change at the end of the night. Yeah. Can we just add that in post? <laughs> So on our last episode, uh, we were opening with season one of Criminal Minds, obviously, because this is a Criminal Minds podcast, and we didn't really get to touch on the characters a whole hell of a lot. We touched on our favorite and our least favorite episodes. Mm -hmm. I guess let's start off first with what do you guys think makes Criminal Minds different than regular procedures? Question from our good friend, the producer, Mac Boyle. Hi! (laughs) (laughs) One of my first thoughts... Especially with the way this starts out, what did we establish? This was 05 when mm-hmm. it started airing. Mm-hmm. Yes, there were already a lot of these procedurals mm-hmm. out there, but like I feel like this one was a little bit more of the like serial killer and mm-hmm. like darker side of yeah. the procedurals, and I think that's what initially attracted me to it. Mm-hmm. I always really liked it for the psychological factor as an yeah. adult. Yeah, yeah. I can definitely see that a lot of it's manufactured, but, like, they make their psychobabble make sense. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, and I always really liked that, like, it was, wasn't was hard to, like, have that suspension of disbelief um, because a lot of their their stuff seemed relatively rooted in, in what could be fact. I didn't know. I was, you know, in sixth grade, but, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not I'm watching it for the first time, but at the same time, like yeah, their their psycho babble seems convincing. Mm-hmm. Even some of it, I'm like, okay, obviously this is a TV show and Hollywood eyes, and I'm like, there's a lot of different reasons people might do something like that. But at the same time, the one thing is for sure, they are hunting a murderer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we know the murders happen. We don't have to argue that point. We're mm-hmm. looking at the fucking body. Yeah. So like, how could a person be driven to this kind of thing? And mm-hmm. and that I think that one's because I watched a lot of CSI. My favorite shows tend to go more psychological. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I fucking love Hannibal, which mm-hmm. is almost entirely psychological. Yeah. I also really liked Elementary. And despite mm-hmm. the the modernized Sherlock Holmes, where they definitely do find, like, evidence kind of stuff, there isn't a lot of forensics in that because they're consulting detectives. A lot of times they walk in and they're like, how would a person live this life to get to this point? Mm-hmm. And they, they do a lot of psychological breakdown of, like, somebody lived in this apartment. Somebody clearly, you know, lived and worked and had a life here. So who was that person and why did they get driven to do X, Y, and Z kind of thing? And and that that's that's what Criminal Minds, I think, is the what's pulling me for the most part. And mm-hmm. the found family. I mean, yeah. obviously the found family. Mm-hmm. I'm always yeah. going to be a sucker for that. Yeah, I, I definitely like about Criminal Minds is that one of the things that I, one of my notes was that um, Extreme Aggressor, the the pilot, doesn't feel like a pilot to me. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like I, like I was coming in the very first time I was watching re- reruns, so I watched them out of order. But this time around coming in, it kind of felt like Gideon had been on, on break and I had gotten hired in at that point, like while he was 
uh, on his psych leave. Yeah. Whatever. And I came in in the middle of that. And so now he's coming back and oh, we're having to deal with this. Is he having a psychotic break? Like, what's going on here? There's very, like, is this a spinoff? And did I miss the original show? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a yeah. moment of, like, the whole, like, is this this Frasier to Cheers? Like, <laughs> yeah. which which one is the original? <laughs> yeah. Um, so but, I, I, yeah. I agree. Like, you come in and you kind of already feel like, like, I know, like, me, Hotch, Reed, Morgan, like, we've been right. in on this, and Gideon's the new guy coming in. It's not me. Like, yeah. at least that's the kind of vibe that I got from him. So yeah. I think that's, like, I agree. The found family is what really kind of drags you in because you feel like you're part of it from the get-go. For sure. I mean, but that's a, that's a lot of ensemble cast shows. It's, it's like seven it, main characters, yeah, in the, yeah. From, the, yeah. from the beginning. By the time you get that many, you're like, okay, the th- the bread and butter of the show is going to be found family. So, like, let's how, how do we keep them a family? But I do appreciate the, like, you're looking at the psychology of these people, and it doesn't... No, I'm going to go ahead and say it this way. It kind of humanizes even the killers a little bit. um, Because you're learning, like, they're not just... In some cases, they are. But in some cases, they're not just out there doing this because... Mm -hmm. Right. um, They have a whole history of trauma that we need to unpack. Yes. Like, it's it's also very sad because you're just like, okay, if somebody had gotten that kid a therapist... Then maybe they wouldn't, they wouldn't be drowning women in ponds. Yeah, a bunch of people. Yeah, later on. Like, <laughs> that was absolutely an episode. This year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, no, I mean, the, the, yeah, that episode especially was just sort of like, wow, Dad, if you hadn't fucked up, yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't necessarily treat crime as just this thing that happens that we have to solve. It's yeah, almost like crime is a symptom of something deeper that we're all lack potential. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, it's lack of good mental health care yes. causes this crime. So if <laughs> we really so want to crack down on crime, we would get health care. <laughs> yeah. Nationalize your health care, said Gideon. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Also, it's really hard saying Gideon because, like, my first inclination is always yeah. Abel Gideon. And I'm, I'm like, his name is Jason. He's not Abel Gideon. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe Jason Gideon eats people. I don't know. Whatever. He got a head in a box. <laughs> he did. We haven't he even did. talked about that. <laughs> no, we haven't. I'm saving one. it. <laughs> okay, well, do you guys want to talk about that episode then? Sure. Oh, um, I thought we were going to talk about favorite characters. Do you want to talk about our favorite characters first? Yes. Yeah, we can okay. end it with that. With the cliffhanger. Yeah. Like, Ooh, they did yes. to me. That's true. That's true. <laughs> okay, so, Eris... First episode, who was your first character, favorite character? Oh, Gideon. And it still is. I love all the characters. Like, there's there's not a least favorite character. I mean, mm. it's like first and then all everyone else is tied for second. Yeah. But I am just weirdly fascinated by Gideon's everything. You're going to be so sad at the end of season two. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get even more sad in about season two. <laughs> Fuck me. A little less sad, though, when Boy Meets World guy shows up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't know what any of that means. Woo! Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> Traumatize me, bitch. This, this, this is what I feel like whenever you guys are like, oh, that one episode of the holiday. Or not no, I, yeah. oh, no, 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 no. Deep Space Nine or whatever. And I'm like, no, okay, that sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. You know, point like, it's my turn to do this. I get to know shit now. Next, next time we film them, I will have a whole new perspective. <laughs> Yeah. So, Laura, who was your favorite? When the first time you watched it, who was your favorite character? Garcia, just from the get-go, mm-hmm. I think was always my favorite. And Reed is, like, a very close second. Yeah. And maybe this is something else that I think, like, this show does a little bit differently from other procedurals, is that Penelope is literally, like, 
the girl in the chair. Yeah. She's the one who's like yeah. working her magic on the sidelines. She doesn't often get to go out in the field with them. Right. But she's still a trusted member of the team. Right. Um, and they couldn't and do pivotal. their job without her. So it's like having that kind of like relationship still driven mm-hmm. stuff, but she's not physically present most of the time. I think yeah. that's pretty great. Yeah. Fun fact about Garcia. She was originally written to be a chipper, heavily overweight, balding Hispanic man. Huh. I like her better as Penelope. I do too. Well, also, because you I get the um, girl Friday. Yeah, thing. like but she she may she may be the girl in the chair, but at the same time she's also like, yeah, I got that for you. Here you go. She could just do it all electronically now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which is really cool. Yeah, she's also the only character that has recurring roles the way that she does across all the spinoffs. Oh, stuff. really? Yeah. Oh. Also, I, I didn't know there was that many spinoffs. There's, I'm like, oh, like, like oh, every, no. every, everyone. I think there's like two or three. Okay. Um, everyone, like, not everyone, but many of them get to have like recurring roles on other ones. But she's the one that is like the main one that is between all of them. Um, Spencer Reed is the only one to appear in every single episode of the original series. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I know I like him. <laughs> yeah. Reed was always my favorite when I was a kid, but like. You know, for trauma reasons, I really like Gideon. <laughs> <laughs> I have a really funny note. Can, talk talk about yourself. Okay. To, that I wanted to bring I up. think for Gideon, for me, it took me a little bit more time to warm up to him. Um, I think because I saw him as that, like, distant, like, kind of pushing people away. But mm. once you kind of get into, like, no, actually, they have a little bit of a background with him. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. There's something, like, it took me a little bit longer to warm up to him. It wasn't, like, from the get-go. I I just immediately pinged on the, like, he had a lot of, like, protective vibes for the rest of the team. Like, no, we're a team, and I'm, I'm going to help you get through this. But he also had that thousand-yard stare of, like, I've seen some shit, so I have to protect you. <laughs> so I don't want you right. to live, like, how I've lived because, oh, my God, the world is terrible, and I'm going to protect you for as long as I can. And, like, <laughs> that's the kind of vibe I love. Yeah. And also, I tend to emulate in myself, especially at work, where I'm like, I work with teenagers. And they're like, oh, yeah, what about this, Miss Eris? And I'm just sort of like, let me tell you something. I've seen some shit. <laughs> Don't yeah. listen to the man. <laughs> Smoke weed, but only legally, because otherwise they're going to get you in trouble. Don't get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I am I, I'm the wine ant at work. <laughs> I, I, I always really liked Gideon, like I said, because of trauma reasons. But one of the notes that I have about this particularly is from uh, episode 13, Poison, which I really didn't like, but I had a lot of notes on The LSD one, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I thought you said LDSK, and I was no, like, no, 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 no. no, no. no. <laughs> That's the sniper. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the title names. I just know the people in them. <laughs> I wrote, Gideon is such a calming but commanding presence. When he got that guy to stop hyperventilating just by telling him to chill, I would chill too. Yes, sir. But not in a horny uh, way, in a daddy issues kind of way. And yes... I'm aware that's a thin line. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah. I always really liked Gideon. I also really liked Garcia just because you're right. She's so quirky and just like she she really is really important to this show because she alleviates a lot of the heaviness. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you, she's kind of the comedic relief in a different way than I felt like I was used to seeing comedic mm, relief. Yeah. Because usually it's the dopey sidekick dude. And right. so it was fun to see like this like fun like. Um, super colorful girl, mm-hmm. like be in this role for the right. first time, which is really She's also the kid. heart. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, she brings it back to a place of yes, I 
work for this team and I help them catch these killers. But like, you'll see it. And I think even more as we go, she doesn't want to see the gruesome. She doesn't want to see the photos. She gets really sad when she like thinks about what happens to these victims. So I think in a way she kind of helps keep them all a little bit grounded. Like here's, you know, a real life person. Like I'm really capable. I'm really qualified to do this job, but I still don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> in in later yeah. episodes, you'll learn that she, like, does support groups for, like, victims' families and stuff, <gasps> too. Like, she's, she's oh, like... Penelope! That's so nice! Yes. Oh, yeah. I love it! I knew, I knew you were gonna like almost all of them, but uh, <laughs> who, who I knew your favorites were gonna be were gonna be Reed, Penelope, Elle, and Jason. I think it's okay. So this this might be more more trauma feeling than I wanted. I think the reason why Garcia isn't my favorite is because I'm like, oh, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, highly anxious, super organized at work mm. kind of thing is the funny fat friend, but without making her weight a joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, kind of thing, and I'm like, oh, you know. So you don't like Garcia as much as you like some of the other ones. I like Gideon more. Gideon's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the Gideon aside, your other ones. Do probably, you like her less than the others? Yeah, it's probably Gideon. Read strong tie between Garcia and Hotch. Mm, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then, like. An L? Where does L fit in there? L, J, J, Morgan. Okay. I see. John Blackwolf over here. He's <laughs> him. He will always, he's forever. I'm always thinking every episode, I'm just like, what John Blackwolf's doing? I wonder if he's having a good day. I hope he didn't have to solve any crimes. I hope there was no crime. I hope he just like had a coffee. Like the biggest thing was like, I lost my teddy bear. And then he finds it like two minutes later. Cause he's like, it's in your car seat. <laughs> yeah. And what John, I just want to know what John Blackwolf's doing. <laughs> Elle is actually my least favorite. Mine too. I don't I like her. Hate Elle. Oh! <laughs> With a fiery passion. She just, she's, he, so, she's the she's, bland girl she's from girl the cop. beginning of. Yes. Mm-hmm. In fact, I literally wrote in my notes for the pilot, I was just like, we need a lady on board. Wait, here's one. Like, you just find the first girl yeah. you see and she invite her to be on the BAU with you. Yeah, she doesn't <laughs> even show up until like halfway through the episode yeah. anyway. Right. And she's like, I want to work with you guys. Boys Club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At the time of the casting, the BAU. BAU had 29 profilers, only two of them were women, and Lola Glaudini said that that was what she used to fuel her character, which makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But we can talk about why we hate her so much when we come back from our break! <laughs> it's time for Reed's Pleading, our hyperfixations. <laughs> That's a jingle! <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm here to explain to you borderline personality disorder. Yay. And let's just never mind why I've been looking this up here lately. Is Also, um, it's a personality disorder, and it's characterized by long-term patterns of unstable personal relationships, a distorted sense of self, and strong emotional reactions. And all of those things are not bad in and of themselves. Uh They don't quite qualify for personality disorder until you meet five of the following nine criteria. And as I read these to you, for those of you who may be a Star Wars fan, think about the uh, prequels, first of all. I know you don't you don't like to think about the prequels, but let's think about the prequels for a moment and think about Anakin Skywalker mm. as a character. In lots of circles, people have diagnosed Anakin Skywalker as portrayed in those three films as having borderline personality disorder because he definitely meets these characteristics. So if you need a mental image, 
Okay. Think. Vader. Pre-Vader. Pre-Vader. Yes, exactly. What? Oh, post-Vader too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. No, yeah. no. This is this Pre and exactly post. Right. He didn't yes. get better magically just because he so, lost his limbs. <laughs> so uh, regardless of who else may exist that has this, <coughs> you know, definitely uh, Vader here. There's nine criteria and you must meet at least five of these to have a diagnosis. Frantic efforts to avoid real or imagined abandonment. So you're trying real hard to avoid being abandoned by other people. Unstable or chaotic interpersonal relationships. (laughs) (laughs) Often characterized by alternating between the extremes of idealization, like you hold this person up on a pedestal, or devaluation where you completely reject this person. Markedly disturbed sense of identity and a distorted self-image. Impulsiveness or reckless behaviors. Anakin, why are you killing a temple full of children? You can get um, <laughs> They're just babies. It's not like they can fight back. Right. Recurrent suicidal ideation or self-harm. Rapidly shifting, intense emotional dysregulation. Whoa. And this is why this is often misdiagnosed as bipolar. But from what I've learned is that with borderline personality disorder, you actually cycle faster than you would if you had bipolar. So bipolar, okay. you know, you go from, you know, the extremes, but with borderline, you can do that within, it's you know, minutes or days okay. rather than, you know, the weekly or, you know, longer cycles okay. that may happen with uh, bipolar. Chronic feelings of emptiness, which we all get, you know, feelings of emptiness. I think that's just existing on the planet Earth. But once they're chronic and with all these other things, then you might have a problem. Inappropriate, intense anger that can be difficult to control. Again, oh Anakin, why are you killing all the children? These babies deserved it! Why are you so angry that you're force choking your wife who's pregnant? My boss told me to. Uh, yeah, that's true. I don't remember why. <laughs> I just wanted to do it. And finally, transient related or stress related, paranoid or severe dissociative symptoms. So those are your nine criteria. So uh, diagnose your friends and family folks or don't. Ask a mental health professional to diagnose them. And there are treatments (coughs) available if you think you may have that. So contact a therapist. Even if you don't have borderline personality, get a therapist. They're they're helpful. Therapy is great. I mean, I just have like regular shit, (laughs) but like it's great. Yeah. Thank you for your hyperfixation. <laughs> uh, if you enjoy this show, you might also enjoy our other shows on PartyApocalypse.com as Smith turns uh, the fourth wall in Friendables in their entirety. You can also stream new episodes of Cavern in the Woods with friends of the show Donna Kenzie and producer Mac Boyle. Hey, Mac. Hey! And the holodeck is bro- broken with this cast and also with Mac produ- producer Mac Boyle. Hey! hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anybody else got anything else to plug? Not yet. No. Back to the episode! <laughs> Where do we leave off? Uh, our hatred of oh, L. Oh, L, yes, okay. Yes. I feel like hate's kind of strong, but that's okay. <laughs> well, our least favorite-ness I, I see that. L. She's cop. Yeah. She's definitely very cop. And even, like, Morgan is kind of, like, half cop, half... No, I'm actually an agent. I just act like a cop on the side so I can get suspects to open up to me. And then Reed is just sort of like... I'm a student! (laughs) Whoops, I'm actually a cop. (laughs) I really don't like Elle because she gives me strong pick-me vibes. And, Mm, like, she's also really aggressive with everybody. It's not not one of those things where she's, like, where she even gets, yeah, where she even gets, like, like, oh, this person was a victim. You have to, like, like, JJ, when, when there's kids involved or whatever, she's, like, super mother mode. Yes. I almost said Lola Guadini. (laughs) Elle Greenaway doesn't 
get that at all. She's like, when there's a victim, she's ab- abrasive with them. Mm-hmm. When yeah. there's like a victim's mother, she yells at them. Like I made notes of that several times. I can go through if you want the receipts, but that would take me a minute. <laughs> um, I just, in general, just don't really like Elle. She's just very like, she's needlessly mean to me. Mm-hmm. And like the way that she, cause originally I was talking to Haley about this cause her and I watched this obsessively together when we were kids. <laughs> and one of the things that Haley was saying is that she liked Elle, that Elle grew on her. Um, because the way that she like joked around with Reed, but I don't like the way that she jokes around with Reed because when Morgan jokes with Reed, he pokes fun at Reed for failing at things that he should already be failing at as like a normal person. Mm -hmm. But the Reed holds himself to such a high standard Mm -hmm. that the way he does fail at things, Morgan's kind of like, ha you're real. You're a human. That sucks for you. But Elle's like, oh, you're weird. And that's dumb. And I don't (laughs) like that. I don't like that. And Reed is my baby. And I will, I will shake a bit. Because if you, if you look at the evolution and you'll see, bits of it already in the first season but like JJ and Reed their dynamic together Mm -hmm. and like how she treats him is so different from the way everyone else kind of looks and he Mm -hmm. like he ultimately kind of gets like he trusts her completely um, and they're like safe with each other and it's something that like you love watching that so like Elle being I mean not to reference another podcast but it's like Pulaski coming in and just making Mm, fun of Data all the time and you're like stop (laughs) yeah she she makes fun of his mental health essentially like the issues and she's just like oh my god you're neurodivergent like whatever and he's just like wow i know things fuck you (laughs) kind of thing yeah like morgan kind of annoys me too because also like there's a part of me that because i'm also very protective of reed now um, (laughs) even only just watching this uh season once and that's it there's moments where i'm like god i hope spencer knows the joke you know because like there, there was something like he gave him the whistle for, for whatever he did. <laughs> when he lost his gun. When yeah. he lost his gun, which upset him. Yeah. Like, he was upset. And then, you know, Morgan's like, ha ha, like, I'm going to give you this whistle. And I was like, man, I hope Reed understands and gets the joke, because otherwise that is really strong bullying, and I'm not happy with that. I also think Morgan softens over time, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, he has to, yeah. Like, he's still tough guy, I'm gonna come after the bad guy, I'm gonna save my friends, yeah. in a very warm way, <laughs> with, yeah. with his with his people, and like, like the banter, so the banter with, like, Garcia and Morgan the whole mm-hmm. time, and I know there's probably tons of people who were, like, shipping them and stuff, but, like, I never quite was, because mm. I loved that they just had the banter. Mm-hmm. I yeah. loved the relationship they already had and it is very clear he would go to the ends of the earth for her. Right. And vice versa. Yeah. And they didn't have to have sex for that to be a thing. Yeah. There is a <laughs> part of the, speak, speaking of Garcia and Morgan, there's a part of me that wonders if it's a little bit like they wouldn't know what to do if they actually got there. Yeah. <laughs> like, like there's like the dog chasing the car. They don't know what they're going to do if they catch it. Right? Yeah. They're just going to be like, fuck. There's, did I get the bumper? There's a, I, I'm sorry, man. I didn't realize we were actually going. I just, the chase was fun. The chase was fun. I was just in it for the chase. And I, I'm, you know what? Head start. You take a head start and I'll wait. There's an episode a few seasons um, down the line 
where Garcia wakes up the next morning in her apartment and Morgan is taking a shower in her apartment. Yes. <laughs> and I don't remember exactly why off the top of my head, but for some reason she doesn't remember why he's there. Yeah. And so she's like, listen, whatever happened, it can't happen again. And he's like, whoa, hold on. I took a shower. Yeah, it's just real cute. Just the, the way that she, because she's like, listen, I know that you want this, but. <laughs> yeah, it's, just like, it's just like Garcia. Here's the thing, because they're like, they're the flirts of the yeah. crew. And yes. they're like, they're not actually flirting at each other. It's just like, hey, we're the two archetypes that just happen to share an archetype. Like, we're actually after other people. And they're like, but we can practice with each other. Yeah. 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 I, I love their vibe. Like, so don't, don't change it. But I think the show even recognizes that. They're like, if we did put these two together, it would ruin something. Right, yeah. So they're like, they, they, they flirt with the idea of it if you will but they don't ruin it for the yeah, show they're teasing each other this is a, this is a way they tease each other specifically yeah. yeah yeah i always thought whenever i was watching it as a kid i was like how are they not getting in trouble with hr and then they have an episode where they get in trouble with hr <laughs> <laughs> um, but, also, Yay! but also like when when i worked at the hospital like that when you work in hospital and like like high intensity situations like that, like the culture is just kind of different. Yeah. And so I had a work buddy that was like that where we flirted all the time so much so that when when one of our other coworkers and them got together, the the guy that she got with thought that I was an ex. <laughs> and so so he was like constantly like we uh, we were having banter. I thought it was great. I was like we're just riffing off each other. This is so much fun. And then later he was like I thought you were an ex. I was being an asshole. I was like what? <laughs> I thought we was having fun. But I didn't yeah. ever get in trouble with HR, so I guess HR just don't pay attention to shit. Because I used to flirt all the time with Otto, man. Like, it was, it was a whole thing. Yeah, and Penelope will flirt with everybody. <laughs> yeah. Garcia will flirt with everybody. Um, yes. Not just Morgan, uh-huh. um, but her flirting Another with Morgan reason. is different. It's a deeper level, I think, with him. I like yeah. I like her flirting with Hotch, because every once, every once in a while, Hotch will give in, and he'll be like, Garcia. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. she's most of the time, he just tries to ignore right. her. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, she's teasing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. And the reason, and like, you know, Morgan flirts back because he picks up on the whole, like, oh, you're teasing me because I'm a giant yeah. flirt. Got it. Okay. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I really like too that Garcia doesn't. She doesn't flirt with Reed the way that she flirts with everybody else. Uh-uh. Like she's with Reed, she's very, with him. Yeah. she's very sisterly with him in yeah. a way that she's. Like, she's sisterly with, with like, JJ and, and Prentice, too, but, like, she also low-key flirts with them mm-hmm. yeah. in ways that she doesn't with Reed. And I just yeah. really like their... I like Reed's dynamic with pretty much everybody, but... Yeah. I, I think it's because Garcia... I mean, I, I'm assuming this is true, and maybe this can roll into more, like, I, I want to do, like, a little prediction segment kind mm-hmm. of thing, but, like, I feel like she's very good at reading people mm-hmm. and knows that Reed would appreciate honesty more than mm. e- even even over like a uh, family banter bonding time versus honesty like she's like i recognize the fact that family banter might not mesh well mm-hmm. with his whole like vibe mm-hmm. and so instead i'll just be myself with him kind of thing yeah um yeah anyway i, I that's that's my head canon i based that off of the <laughs> the the 22 episodes that i saw <laughs> uh, out of the you know 346 or however many i don't know i can't math <laughs> yeah okay so we're coming up close-ish to the end and i really want to talk about the last episode yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah especially yeah. the the note they the writer spent two weeks in the beginning before they started writing anything down, any scripts down, fleshing out the characters, and they decided then that the BAU were all knights of the round table and they were fighting the biggest dragons of society, which were serial killers, right? Okay. So Garcia is Merlin, 
Reed is Percival, Gideon is Lancelot, and Hotch is Force. I saw Force. it written on the whiteboard in the back of a video that I watched one time. Oh, <laughs> so right. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't read any yeah. of Arthurian legends or anything, so I don't know who Bors is, but yeah. that's what it was written down as. But anyways, I just think that's really interesting that they started their that. dive into it, and then they finished the season with that, just so yeah. one knows. I think that as a writer, that must have been so fun to write. Also, really quick tangent, that sword that was in the second guy, uh, I have that sword. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that that is a, a production of that is a reproduction of Excalibur from like the old 1999 movie. I was gonna be like, you're an intern. You shouldn't be stealing the evidence this early on. <laughs> no, 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 it's a repro. <laughs> you can get it from Bob down the street. Sure. Yeah, you know, it's right across the taco truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. We'll just we'll just take it out of your paycheck. Okay. It's fine. I don't get paid. <laughs> we'll talk write about us, it later. Write us an IOU. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I'm paying my own job. <laughs> And I was like, fuck, that's my sword. <laughs> How'd you get my sword, you bastards? <laughs> I remember watching this episode as a rerun. I know this one. Okay, so this was the episode I watched live. And then I watched all of the other ones as reruns over the summer mm-hmm. after this came out. And I watched this one no less than 15 times over that summer. Like this <laughs> one specific episode because I was just... Like, in love with the characters. This, you get so much of the characters in this episode. Mm-hmm. So much so, it's kind of almost plotless. Like, in a way, because it, it the first half of it is, like, Elle is getting framed, and Gideon is in his <laughs> is getting romance, and <laughs> she's trying just, to get raped. You're just on vacation. She did get laid. Yeah. She things. got back to her room yeah. at, like, 1 a.m. Yeah. She totally got laid. Yeah, she got laid, and then she got um, And then she framed. wasn't going to sleep over. No, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just met this guy. I'm sleeping in my own bed. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> she knows what serial killers are like. Yeah. That first, this, this, the first half of this two-parter episode is very, almost plotless it's very like clue heavy but yeah. i still was just i remember being so enraptured by it whenever i was in situation yeah. <laughs> it's also the first time that morgan calls reed pretty boy and that was what started my ship as a kid but it's also like interesting because like you said if, if they're envisioning them as these knights of the round table kind yeah. of a thing the plot literally doesn't it can't move forward until they're all together again yeah um, yeah. Because they each have pieces. Yeah. yeah. Which is just such a fun concept, I think. Mm-hmm. Also, props to Shamar Moore for playing, a, confidently playing an authentic, like, mid-thousands playa. <laughs> 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 Like, yeah. good, like, good for it. Like, I was watching that shit, and I was like, man, this is so cringy. Well, good for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be me. <laughs> I mean, there, yeah, there's a lot of character moments, and this is very character-heavy, I think. It, despite the fact that it's literally, like, a clue puzzle hunt. Like, it's mm-hmm. it, it's just like, yeah, yeah, there's clues. Okay, yeah. you also, Wait, look like, at the characters. Garcia's gonna cry because she thinks she did something terrible. She kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> but know? also, this is the first time you get to see Gideon really start to, like, crack. Like, he's, oh, he's always yeah. kind of had that, like... That, like, I'm on the verge of a breakdown kind of right, vibe because right. of, like, my genius or whatever. But Trauma, like, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, this is the, the first time that you really get to see, his, like, the way that it breaks into, like, his interpersonal relationships. Like, the way yes. that he interacts with Garcia is very, like, she's very wounded dog after this. Like, right. when they interact together and he just, like, is kind of blind to that. I'm right. hurting other people because he's so like, like he feels so violated. And I think that's just a right. really interesting, like the, you haven't seen it yet, but the, the part two episode, uh-huh. I think will like really solve a lot of those questions okay. and stuff. And I, I mean, like, I mean, I definitely see it. Cause like the violation part, because like he had security cameras in his cabin and he like literally hid it in his kitchen cabinet, mm-hmm. the kitchen, which tends to be like, I'm going to quote, 
haunt, uh, the haunting of Hill House here, but like the kitchen is usually the heart mm-hmm. of the home. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like that that's where like the food and the life happens. And I was like, that's now it's Hannibal. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, he has it literally <laughs> hiding in his kitchen cabinet, not an office, mm-hmm. not like even in a bedroom or something like, oh, I need to be able to check while I'm sleeping. It's like it's in his kitchen where he lives. And he has his gun there. He clearly has these boundaries to keep himself safe. And Garcia uh, broke that boundary. Yeah. You know? And it's just like, yeah, he felt violated for sure. Like, anyway. Yeah. I felt so bad for her. Because I also totally understand. Because Garcia, we were talking about her before. Garcia seems to be the, this is just a job. Like, I'm really good at my job, and it's my career, but, like, everyone else is like, we're warriors with a calling. And she's like, I punch in a clock. (laughs) And then when I go home, I fucking go home. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm another person outside of my job. Yeah. Um, And that's interesting to see the way that that changes, too, as the seasons mm -hmm. go on. Mm -hmm. But it is funny, because every once in a while she'll mention something she does, like, in her, uh, like, her home life. And everyone else is like, you do what now? Like, I have no idea that part of I her. sleep in my office. <laughs> I, I curl up under the desk and sleep there. Yeah, no, for sure. But it is interesting that, like, Gideon's, like, upset that, you know, like, Garcia's kind of ruined this. But I'm just like, just half a season earlier, there's that whole episode where Gideon is, like, terrorizing Garcia in her office. <gasps> yeah. And, like, moving all her stuff and, like, and all of like, that. And I'm like, I thought these two need to figure out their boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> That one was a little out of character for him at, at some points because it was just like, yeah. like the fact that he wouldn't know who she was when she's such an integral part right. of the team. Yeah, that's a little weird. Like, yeah, mm, yeah you're I'm, being kind of a dick here, dude. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I see what they were going for, but it, I don't think it landed great on that one. Okay, so really, really fast. Um, I yeah, have some predictions because I yes. don't like, and I'm just going to take this over because you've all seen this. So, and I <laughs> have it. So, um, I have a couple of predictions. I think Ella's going to die. I don't want, no, no, no faces. I'm not looking at your faces. I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't faces. No faces. This is an audio podcast only. I'm just going to blindfold myself. I think Ella's dead. Which uh, sucks, I guess, for her. (laughs) (laughs) I guess for her. (laughs) I mean, that's sad. But I also know Paget Brewster's gonna come in eventually. I don't think it's this soon, but I'm like, "Eh, maybe it takes a minute. I don't know. I think this is gonna be the start of her. And but I also think that they're going to fake out and make it seem like Gideon's gonna leave, Uh, and then he has a reason to stay. And then it turns out that she's the one who leaves. Because, like, I don't think she's dead immediately at the beginning of the episode. Like, I don't think the gunshot killed her. But I think it, like, wounds her enough to go, like, and now they found this other thing, so now I can't work anymore. Because they're going to do that route. That's mm. not... Prediction! Okay. Prediction! <laughs> prediction! Eris's okay. prediction. All right. I just cool. yelled that, like, Ruby Rothfield's commercial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's all we've got time for this week. What? Good predictions. We'll see what those look like in our next episode. Elon Musk once said, Why 